0: So I grew up here in the Bay Area, but my family always kept a house in very rural southern Missouri, where my mother was from. Every summer we would go back there, and really only two things stood out. The first was an enormous palace of a house on a hill. That belonged to Corky Tilton. He had made his fortune going door to door selling vacuum cleaners. Oh boy, he had a sales pitch. Why, if you opened the door to him, he would bustle in and start throwing windows open, and he'd tell you his fabulous machines would cause a drop in pressure that'd make your ears pop. And then he'd dump a gallon of molasses right in the carpet and suck it out with one of them. Well, he must have sold a vacuum to everyone in the state of Missouri and half the state of Illinois because he had been able to retire into the lap of luxury in that big house. Now the only other thing that stood out was a bar. Its owner was a former Marine. He was completely bald and he always wore one of those white tank top t-shirts. His arms were covered with tattoos and his name was Booby. Everybody for miles after a day of work on the farms would collect there and they'd swap stories and news. My family was no exception. I'd be there from the ages five to twelve right in the middle of that bar and my attention would wander as the adults talked and it would inevitably settle on this one picture in the bar. In that picture was Booby and in his arms an enormous fish. It was a prehistoric paddlefish. But the thing about this picture was, it was just the head of the fish, and hanging from that head was this skeleton with perfect ribs. And Booby would see me looking at that picture, and he would inevitably sidle up and tell me the story about how he caught that paddlefish. He had been saning for bait fish up Brush Creek. That meant he had a net stretched all the way across the creek and he was collecting teeny fish to use for his trot line. But then he saw something big coming right down the middle of that water and he knew it was big because it was sending waves right up onto the bank. Well, he dropped his net and as he'd tell me this story, his hand would reach for the till of that register And he would pull out his big, black commando knife. And then he would demonstrate how he got up on the bank in this crouched position that only a Marine can make. And when that thing swam past, he was over it and on it, and he stuck his knife into it, and pop! The fish exploded, which was why there was no meat on that fish. And as he'd tell this story the beards on every one of them farmers in that bar would begin to bounce up and down. Yeah, 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 Because every farmer knew that Booby hadn't caught that fish. He hadn't killed it with his knife. He had found it dead on the bank, picked clean by turtles, and he had held it up like he had caught it and had someone take a picture of it. After college, I went away far from Missouri, far from California. I traveled to Indonesia, where I met a woman, I fell in love, and was married. And after the wedding, it was my mother who suggested, you can't take her to Hawaii for her wedding. That would be like taking her to her own backyard. Why don't you take her on a road trip? from California to our home in Missouri. She can see how big and beautiful and vast our land is. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but things took a turn for the worse right away. My bride became instantly sick, and by the time we rolled down that gravel road to my house in Missouri, she was practically unconscious. Well, I still wanted to do it right. And so I opened the passenger door and scooped her out of the car and walked to the front, meaning to carry her across the threshold. But my heart sank when I opened that door. Out gushed water. Thousands of gallons of river water. And thousands more were still trapped inside that house. Well, I put my wife back in the car. And then I rolled up my pants and waded in to see about some way of draining this house. But as I got further in, I stopped. From deep inside that first story room, I heard a splash. Something was in the water. Through the gloom, I caught the luminous glow of white foam on the crest of a wake being made by something as it swam just beneath the surface. Something big was swimming in slow circles in the back of the house. Instinctively, I backed out. And then I did the only thing I could think of to do in that moment, and that was go to Booby's Bar old booby was happy to see me hey old buddy he said i'm so sorry i couldn't make it out to your wedding why that was far away to go where were you married india indonesia booby i said and he said what there's water in my house oh it must have been them april floods he said i should have gone down and checked i'm sorry old buddy booby i said and he said what there's something in there. And he gave me a look that only a Marine can do. And he asked, well, what do you suppose it is? And I'll be dagged if right behind him, above his head, wasn't that picture of Booby holding that paddlefish, or the skeleton of a paddlefish, anyway. But I don't think I even said the word paddlefish before his hand went to the till of that register and he pulled out his big black commando knife. And he looked at me and he said, well, I suppose I better go take a look. The next scene's like right out of some goddamn horror movie. There we were in his white pickup truck. There was me. Booby was driving, and wedged between us was my half conscious wife, going down that gravel road to that dark house. That dark house full of water. Full of water was something in the water. Equipped with flashlights and a net, Booby and I went in from above this time. We left my wife in the truck. We followed the stairs to where they disappeared into that coffee-colored water, and sure enough, there was that thing in the glow of our flashlights, still swimming just beneath the surface in slow, deliberate circles. Well, I went off to the right and booby to the left, and stretched between us was this enormous net, and at first... It looked like our plan was going to work, because I'll be danged if that thing didn't turn and start swimming right down the middle into the net. I've only screamed twice in my life. The first time was in the deep jungles of Sumatra when I woke up to find a rat the size of a cat chewing on my lower lip. It comes from deep within. (laughs) You hear yourself do it. Well, this was the second time as I placed my bare foot in that mud that was lying in the floor beneath that muddy water. Something slithered right over the top of it, which meant whatever this thing was, it was a hell of a lot bigger than we had ever imagined. It had to be 25, 30 feet long. I screamed and the force of my scream caused me to go down, down in the water, down in the water with the thing. Well, I rolled over onto my knees and I raked that muddy water from my eyes so I'd be prepared to deal with whatever was happening. And three things were happening. The first was the thing. It began to rise up out of the water. A giant log of flesh, slick and striped like the body of a snake, but swollen and bloated as if from some mysterious expansion within a howling noise filled the room. Whee! Second thing was my bride. She had wondered what was taken so long. And she had come down those steps tottering. And I suppose the magnitude of the situation was a bit overwhelming to her in her fevered state. She just kind of crumpled and toppled into the water. And I surged over to see if I could assist her. The third thing was Booby? At first, I didn't even know where he was, but then I caught him in the beam of my flashlight. He was up on top of my grandmother's pie safe. He was in that crouched position that only a Marine can do, and in his hands was that big, black commando knife. Then he was over it and down on it, and he pushed his knife into it, and he gave it a twist. BAM! Explosion! And a gritty mist filled the room. Now, there are two pictures in Booby's bar. And in the first, there's Booby holding the skeleton of that prehistoric paddlefish that he'll tell you he caught with his bare hands and killed with his knife. In the second, there's me, and there's Booby. And wedged between us is my new bride. And draped from our arms is what Booby will tell you is the second battlefish he killed. But the beard on every farmer in that bar will begin to bounce up and down. (laughs) Because every farmer in that bar knows that's no battlefish hanging from our arms. Why, that's nothing other than one of Corky Tilton's fabulous machines. A vacuum cleaner. It had been left plugged in, and when the level of the water rose, something must have floated past and bumped the switch and turned it on. It had been sucking in water and spitting it out, going in circles for God knows how long. The thing that had slithered over my foot had been the cord. I don't to this day know how. We weren't electrocuted. Well, I still owe my wife a honeymoon. And every month we put away a little more money. And of course, something comes up and we have to spend it. But we're still trying to save. To save so I can take her to where she has, in fact, always wanted to go. Hawaii. You're listening to B-Stories. Everybody's got them. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Acast and listen on SoundCloud, too. And you can see and hear more at bstories.com. Bee B-Stories, putting boobies in ears since 2015.